Super excited today for a lot of reasons. First of all, the Raptors just won. It's fantastic. And I've got Keisha Fresh inside of the house. How are yes, you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, no. Thank you for coming through. I appreciate it. And you're making history. You know what? You're the first female guest I've had on oh, the show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is that a good thing? It's a great thing. Okay. It's a great thing. Okay. Quick story. Mel Boogie is who I wanted to have for my first guest. I've, I've said this a million times. I don't know if you've heard me say this, but I wouldn't be doing all this if it wasn't for Mel Boogie. She introduced me to radio, wow. which led me to working at Flow and being at Vibe and CHRY. Like, she sparked the spark, basically. Wow. So my original thing when I started the podcast was I wanted Solitaire for my first guest, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But then my second guest, I had it in my brain. It has to be Mel Boogie. Has to, has to be Mel Boogie. But someone's too busy. Okay, you know, love, you know, I'm gonna talk to her because th- that's that's that is not Mel. You know, she she yeah. You gotta just remind her. No, I know, I know. She'll hey, listen, I'm for years and years, and I know she's super busy. But she Keisha, is, thank yeah. you so much for hanging out. So we're gonna talk a lot about uh, your new project coming up soon. Um, sorority, you're gonna be hitting the road soon. I want to talk to you about your dad and his work in the community yeah. and your work in the community as well. Yeah. And um, just a whole bunch of stuff. I think I'm going to jump all over the place. Oh, well, let's jump. I'm going to bounce all over the let's place. Okay, so let me take care of business real quick. Every Saturday on Vibe 105, you can catch myself, Miss Misha Gay, Solitaire, No Better Nina on hashtag 10 a.m. on Vibe 105. Uh, what else? I DJ every first Friday at Z80 on Danforth Avenue. You can look that up. And that's basically it. But today we are all about talking to MC Extraordinaire. Keisha Fresh right here on the Ready Fox Show. Hold on. Recorded live from Midtown Toronto, it's the Ready Fox Show. And now here's DJ Ready Fox. Oh, yeah. How are you, Keisha? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be, but Toronto just won that NBA championship. Like, I just I know. couldn't be better. And yeah, might as well talk about that right now because I know you're a huge Raptors fan. I am. I should call you Raptor granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's crazy. You're Raptor granddaughter. And you know why I'm saying that. <laughs> yes. Obviously, because your grandma is Raptor grandma. Yeah. Um, she was on City TV. That was so cool. Yeah, she um, was. It was really it was really dope. I Because I, what had happened was the championship, you know, the night we won. Right. Um, I was at my uh, I was at my uncle's restaurant in Scarborough, Wendy's restaurant. Plug. Um, so I was there. <laughs> And, um, you know, just just celebrating. And in the moment right away for me, it was like, holy, my 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 grandmother, like this is something that she always said she would, you know, she hopes that she's still alive to witness something like that. Right. So the fact that she is still alive to witness something like that, I was just like, wow, like this is like my grandmother gets to witness this. So it just made the moment that much more special. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, she seems so happy. I watched the um, the story and the whole nine and she wants to meet Kyle Lowry. I know. She said she wants to t- congratulate him <laughs> face to face. So. What's, what, what's, what was her thing for calling him? Just her boy? My boy. Yeah, she her says, boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. So. <laughs> That's so nice. And you went down to the um, uh, parade yesterday. I did. I did. You, went, you were yet Nathan Phillips Square? I was. Okay, because I saw you post on Facebook. I, I saw you. You were middle. not happy about how things went down. So what happened from your perspective i mean when you, were like, down there? you know obviously we, they projected the crowd size from friday like they were right. already saying two million. two million yeah. so just from that you know it's like kind of maybe if you haven't ever dealt with something of that size in the city right right away there should have been roundtable talks of like what is the best way to go about this you can look at other places that other metropolises that have the same kind of demo, like size demographic wise and kind of just see how they handle crowds of that size. Right. Like, 
I watch the because you know Patriots my team. I'm a Patriots fan, so I watch their parades, and it's just so organized, and they right. have millions of people as well. Right, right. Cleveland, Golden State. We're rookies at this, man. And I get it, so <laughs> that's why I'm giving them that space to like. Right. But at the same time, so I was like in the middle of the square. I had my eight year old niece with me, my eleven uh, year old nephew, their parents, uh, my mom, my uncle, and my fourteen year old cousin, and then my my cousin. You know, so there was, was a few of us, and we were there, right? And it was cool. Like we we found our way into the middle of the Nathan Phillips Square. You know, we had a good spot. There wasn't any pushing and stuff, but we got there at ten, based on the <gasps> schedule. Oh no! So right. you know, I don't blame waiting. you for getting there that right. early. But we're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> right. It's like twelve o'clock, and then my dad, who's actually taking pictures on the route, he um, texted me and he said they're still at Lakeshore and Bathurst, and this was like twelve thirty. People were like standing on the street in front of the buses and, and see, the and the motorcade but as well. Carabana, they know how to put barricades everywhere. Right. They know how to put thirty feet high <laughs> right. barricades. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like that was the prepare like not being prepared. So you know, people were waiting at Nathan Phillips Square for my brother was there overnight, you know, and he was cool with that. But like there were people who were waiting and waiting, and people were standing in that heat for yeah. five, six hours. Oh, the parade man. was delayed five hours. So mm. when they got by the time we left, because you know we were just like, yo, this is getting too. Also, crazy. you left before the commotion. We left before, yeah, because when my dad told right. me like they're not, they're at Lakeshore and Bathurst. I'm like, right. that's two blocks from where they left. Like that, they're not getting here for a while. Right. So we decided to leave. And then, you know, we went to watch the rest of it at the restaurant. It took us an hour to get from Nathan Phillips Square to Queen Station. Literally, a 33-second walk took right. us an hour to get out Because the there were so many people. And then the station was closed. Yeah. And then yeah. the Osgood station was closed. Yep. And then the Dundas station was closed. Yep. So we walked to college, and then my, my uncle was just like, I can't do this. What a nightmare. We got a taxi at college all the way to Scarborough. We're just like, just take us to Scarborough. Wow. And then, so then we got to the restaurant. You know, we're watching it on TV, and right away, my cousin's like, yo, people are running. And I'm like, I saw that too, but they were still talking as regular. I was so confused about what was happening because I was just watching it on Facebook, right. but um, I was hearing stabbing, I was hearing shooting, but nobody knew for sure, for sure. what was happening. Well, then the Toronto police were very quick in tweeting it out, though. They right. were like gunshots, whatever. But apparently, like people who work, I know that work in the Eaton Center said someone was stabbed in the Eaton Center. Yes. And yeah. so it was like separate situation so when i read when when the the chief of police was going through everything today it was like okay there was just chaos like yeah. literally people just leaving their house so unfortunate because it would have been such a perfect day perfect. without the uh the black eye of perfect. that that shit happening perfect but anyways so. let's not talk about that oh they can get it right for the next championship yes, exactly right? <laughs> next year come on get some barricades on right. those, oh on i those might streets. as well ask you right now before we get onto your stuff is he staying yes or no <laughs> I, I feel like him when I answer this. I don't know. Like it's, There's so much variables of why he should. Oh, we're talking about Kawhi Leonard in case he lived under a rock <laughs> for the last 19 how long. But someone could be listening to this podcast from anywhere in the world. Right, exactly. So let's just clarify Kawhi Leonard is who we're talking about. And the city desperately needs him to stay. We, we want but, him to stay yeah. really bad. But I just think that if he leaves... You no know, harm, no foul. If he leaves, I, I'm not even mad. You no, know, I, I, I'll be. I'm. Thank you for coming. Oh, can just, you be mad? Yeah, I. You know, I get it. Bro. But if he, because like I said, you know, the, obviously everybody knows it's two teams: it's the Raptors and Clippers. <laughs> and I right. just feel like, right? I just feel, and the Clippers have been courting him since the season. They've yeah, been they've trying. been following they've him been around. They've been sending scouts to our games yeah. and stuff, man. So I just feel like, you know, because he like he's mentioned in his past, he wants to play in LA. That's where he grew up. Right. There's like that edge. 
But at the same time, when you come here, you, sometimes you grow to love this city so much you don't want to leave. So right, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just hope that the players had a good effect yeah. on That's him. That's what Charles Barkley said. He said once he gets there, he's going to fall in love with the city. Yeah. So, so. let's hope. We'll see. We'll, yeah. We won't know. We, We're so well, far We would away. love to have you, Kawhi. We would love to have you, Kawhi. But if you leave, bro, thank it. you. We get it. <laughs> thank you, Kawhi. <laughs> so either or. And he will get a standing ovation oh, yeah. every time he comes, he comes back, back, no matter who he plays Absolutely. for. So we are talking to Hip Hop's kid sister. Talking to Keisha Fresh. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Where did that come from? Um, I think it was actually when I released like my third or fourth project. Uh, uh, there was a publication that wrote about my album, and they that was the title. They they hip hop. I love sister. it. I love hip hop kid sister. I like it. <laughs> um, if you guys want to follow Keisha on Instagram, it's free Keisha, and uh, I'll spell Keisha because I've been seeing every different way of your name being spelled online so free you guys should know how to spell that if not then you probably can't understand anything we're saying (laughs) but it's free keisha k-e-y-s-h-a and you'll see it if you see the artwork when you're looking at the podcast so you are dropping your first single hero that's going to be june 28th and that's part of what is it an album or ep so hero actually dropped on the 14th of june the album drops on the 28th okay so the album drops on the 28th so hero is already june 14th yeah it came out so that's friday okay that's wicked so we're gonna play some of that for a little bit a little later um and the project is field trip yes and that's gonna be dope i'm looking forward to that and you're hitting the road again with the sorority you're going to saskatchewan the 21st bc you'll be there on the 29th yes and then nova scotia july 1st for canada day yes nice yeah so um yeah the sorority is a group i'm part of there's three of us um um, so yeah, basically we're traveling to Saskatoon this this weekend, Saturday. Right. Traveling to Saskatoon Saturday. We're gonna have a really dope show there. Um, I'm and gonna then, see if I can pull up what the name of the venue is if, for someone that might be listening. Yeah, the it's Saskatel. It's called Saskatel. So it's okay. actually the um, it's actually the Saskatoon Jazz Festival. Have you guys um, played out there before already? We did when we went on tour last year. The Saskatoon was uh, a stop on our on our tour. Okay, okay, that's yeah, dope. So it was. Do, fun. You, do you have a favorite? Um, canadian city to perform at or perform in i should say oh man i love city nah like for me is i mean the homegrown love is incredible because you know you got all your friends and fans here it's always a great show but isn't it at the same time though a little more uh hectic when you're here in toronto performing because you're getting pulled in so many different directions as opposed to it doesn't happen when you're on the road i mean shows on the road are always more organized when you're home it's like people feel like oh it's just take you for granted yeah so it, it is true but my favorite, like, just province, like, I have to say is as a whole, because there's two places in this province is obviously, like, British Columbia. Everyone knows. I love going to BC. I love I performing love BC. there. And I love performing in Victoria. Like, we've done many, many shows in Victoria. I love performing in Vancouver. So, okay. like, if I had to say, it'd definitely be Vancouver. But I like, love Vancouver. Yeah. I've, there's only... I sh- well, I shouldn't say this, but truth being is that I can only envision myself living in one city outside of Toronto in Canada, and it would be Vancouver. Yeah, same. I'm not a fan same. of Montreal. Really not. Like, uh, Oh, you're not either? I mean, I like it. I always have a good time when I go there, but I just don't. Always, I feel like sometimes you deal with a lot of prejudice and stuff like that. More that than that, love. too. And I had a bad first impression of Montreal only because speaking to people from Montreal, they were trying to convince me that it was better than Toronto. 
So I went there with, with the, the expectations, expectations that it was going to be this amazing city. And I was like, you guys don't have anything here that we don't have <laughs> three times over in Toronto. So going back a few more times, I was like, eh. Yeah, um, I, I can hear that. But no. I, all I know, like, when we perform there, it's always great. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We have a yeah. great time performing It's a great there. music city. It is. It's, it's a and, great music and, city. And, and, and it's always, whenever we get booked and go out there, it's always really, really a good time. So shout out to them for that. I really do like performing in Montreal. But right. if I have to give it to anyone, <laughs> it is Vancouver. Vancouver. I love Vancouver. Okay, so, of course, you're a solo artist, and you're also a third of the hip-hop group, the sorority. You started rapping at the age of 12? Yes, I started. Well, uh, okay, there's more to that. Okay, I I that's why we're here. I started writing like my own, um, I guess, original music at that time. Right. But I was writing like, and I did my first mixtape. I called it. I was actually on a cassette. Right. When I was nine. Okay. So wow. Like, I you, have that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You had it from early because yeah. uh, you said you went to you got your hip hop influence from spending summers in New York. Absolutely. With your cousins what? and listening to mixtapes and I whatnot. Didn't right. Know this. Oh come on, man. Jeez. The internet research. is amazing. <laughs> the internet is awesome. Um, we'll talk a bit about Archbishop Dennis for a bit as well too. Okay. I, I love that you teach part time at Seneca yeah. and you've worked with the East Scarborough Boys and Girls Club, which is great. Yeah. I have a feeling your father was an influence for you for doing that kind of stuff well basically is actually my i was actually a college professor i had at seneca who okay. influenced me to teach and okay. go into that direction because when i first i went to seneca in 2012 i graduated seneca in 2012 and i was like you know my this my professor was like you are really good at songwriting just period and he's like i think that he's like the technique that you use when you write should be he's you like, should be I teaching like other people and he does a lot of teaching and he's like yeah. i don't know how to teach that what you can do Ooh, so he asked me to come and teach it it's a great compliment right i was like but at first i was like man, i can't teach like what do i know about teaching i was like so i kept turning him down right and he convinced me to do this uh, event that he does called songs to do every july at the songwriters association of canada okay with the songwriter association of canada at the royal conservatory of music right he convinced me to come and do it so I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm gonna come out and do it. And um, I went, and as soon as I walk into the room, it's like all these older, like white people, and right. they're all like into like acoustic stuff. And right, right. So right away, I was like, I gotta win this room over. It's not a, you know, right. It was, it felt like a challenge, but I was excited. I was like, okay, let's, let's see what we can I'm do. assuming it went well. It was amazing. Like <laughs> to this day, they still hit me up. Like, hey, you know, it was right. so incredible. They. They loved it, you know. It's like they're like we don't know about the genre, so right, they wanted right. they wanted oh, to know. Oh, so about they have it. a genuine curios- curiosity about it. They yeah. have all these like they've told like they came up to me. Some of them came up to me and was like, "We have this preconceived notion, but like hearing you break it down and t- see how technical it is, it's very relatable to my genre." You know right, what I mean? Right. So you know, it was just about finding the common ground with them. And it's so strange that hip hop's so alien to people. It is. You know it's what like, I mean? It's foreign to a lot of people. But then once they really get, once you talk to them about it, they right. realize it's not. Right, they right. They realize it's like, wow, this is exactly what I do, but right. just a different, you know. Right. You're sharing yeah. your pain. You're sharing your emotions. You're your just life, doing it yeah. in a different way. And it's a different structure of how you write your song and yada, yada, yada. So that's exactly what we I did. Right. And then. You know, from there, I was like, okay, I kind of like this. So I created a, tw- I went to the, I told my dad, I said, you know, I want to do this uh, program. Um, I, I want to create a program. And he said, okay. I said, do you know anyone at like any, you know, of the, like a facility that I can, can teach it at? And he said, I do know a guy at uh, the East Scarborough Boys and Girls Club. Right. So he called and set up a meeting for me to go in. And I pitched the program to the program director there. It was a 12 week, it's a 12 week program. 
uh, called um, Bridging the Gap. Okay. Um, the history of hip-hop then and now and the art of songwriting in hip-hop. And uh, so it's six weeks and six weeks for both programs. And I pitched it to him and he was like, I like it. Right. So he allowed me to do a pilot course um, through the summer uh, for a couple of days. And it, it worked. The kids are interested. So, you know, when September started, I think this was 2013, September, I started teaching it. I brought in a friend of mine who, because they have a studio there, but the studio is collecting dust. Like, right. they, no one knew how to use anything. Okay. So I opened it up. Well, was the equipment outdated or? Not really, actually. Just the software, but that was not a problem. Right. Um, software is easy yeah, to update. Yeah. So, but it was just like they had like mixing board, just good stuff. And the just microphones. Not being used at yeah, all. The microphones weren't like, so we're like, we, so I, what I did was, because uh, I went to school for audio engineering, so I said I can do it, but I would rather focus on teaching the program. So let me bring in someone who can work with the kids and show them how to use the equipment. So I brought in a friend of mine who's a producer named Nate Smith. Uh, he does a lot of production for an artist named Toby. I brought Nate in and I said, yo, you, can you teach some production? Can you teach some this? So he designed the art of production course right. to go along with my course. And um, so it was him and I, we were partners. We renamed the studio. It was repainted. Like everything it was called the lunchroom. You know, it was just really dope. We did a whole revamp. We got some, we got them to invest in some new equipment and we taught the kids how to use the stuff. I taught them songwriting. You know, What was the age group of the kids? The age group was 13 to 18. Okay. Yeah. So it was a wide variety of kids and they loved it because like they, they there was somewhere like they were so excited to come after school and There's, be there. Kids are so interested in it, but they don't know where to start. They don't. So yeah. when we told them, just come book some time with us, come on in. It was free, obviously, for them. They came in. We worked with them from from sometimes from like four to eight, six right. to eight, like every day. Nate would be there so much. So like he kind of took it a little more hands on and I was a little more in the back end. And he was every day he was there with the kids and. Then, you know, like funding got cut, so we had to stop running the program. But we were kind of grateful because the kids kind of then knew how to do the stuff. Right. Like they knew how to use the equipment. Right. So, okay, we now we taught them, so they were able to do the, you know, do it without us. But it just sucks because, you know, every time you get kids excited into a program and the funding gets cut, then you lose. The kids don't want to come because we're not there anymore. Right. right. So then what are they doing? They're out on the street hanging out, getting doing, in trouble. So. Yeah. Um, there was that. I've been doing the guest lectures at my alma mater, which is which is Seneca. I've been doing that for since 2013. I've been doing guest lectures there. It's amazing. So yeah, I love. It's amazing. Love I've it. learned so much. You can charge your phone there if you want. There's Ugh. there's two guys there if you want to get a charge while you're sitting there. <laughs> um, okay. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I want to cover. Uh, I still was kind of going through the intro because you've been on stage with Joey Badass. Miguel, Drake, Snoop, the internet, which is, I love the internet. I think there's, I, I feel like there's still an unknown to a lot of people. No, they're so good. They're so amazing. Sid, they're oh, they're so, so amazing. Um, you've been on stage with Main Source, MC Light. You've worked with Ray Robinson here from Toronto, Mims, Dougie Fresh, Diamond D, and a lot of other people. Is <laughs> Who is an artist that you have not worked with yet that you're dying to work with? Uh, AZ. Okay. Yeah. Really? That's not a name I was expecting you to say. Why AZ? He's my favorite rapper. So. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think he's like the greatest. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not that I'm saying you. <laughs> I'm just saying I've never heard someone I know. call AZ's name as their favorite rapper. That's great. That's different. Yeah, he's my favorite. That's way different. What is what is it? Just his uh, everything? His lyrical technique. I mean, just his voice. Right. His voice is really great. His cadence. Have you met him? Tech, no, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. But like, it's like six degrees of separation. Literally, probably like two. But everything about the way that he rhymes, the way that he just, just... I just think it's dope. I think one of his downfalls was, you know, 
the production that he had on some of his albums, the features that he had on some of his albums. Like people don't haven't taken in his album. I think it's the the shadow of Nas. I can agree. I can agree, obviously, with that. I think it, for at that time it was like at one point they were like head to head. Right. But I think I, I think it you know whatever for whatever reason Nas got the edge. Right. But even when you listen to like Life's a bitch. I mean, yeah, yeah. Az's verse is superior. <laughs> Nas knows that. You know, right. it's not a, it's right. not a. But it, I mean, Nas's first album. I mean, Illmatic was just so good. Right. It was so solid, top to bottom. And Az's first album. You know, it's just some of the features. Hip hop. Come on, it's a yeah. classic. Come yeah, on, man. absolutely. <laughs> so I just feel like I just feel like Nas did get the edge, and it was like okay, so Az kind of went into the shadow. But if you listen to their early stuff and you listen to Az. AZ's rhyme scheme and the right. way that he flowed, I, it Nas, I you know you started to, it was just it was go, it was great. I right. like both of them, but just AZ has that edge all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> like he will always have that edge for me. Any rapper. I love I well I love this song actually. I haven't heard this in a minute. This is AZ, by the way. If anybody doesn't know, <laughs> I always a feel lot like of people don't like. I think he's he is rated one of the most underrated rappers of all time. Right. Yeah. Well, I. Sure, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's dope, man. Just the way that he rolls off his sentences. Yeah, he's dope. Everything. My favorite, um, my top three uh, AZ records is The Payback. Okay. Um, How You Live In. And Just Because. Okay. My three, this okay. my I'm not a super uh, mm-hmm. familiar with all of his work, but again, I've just never heard someone say AZ is their favorite <laughs> before. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's not like he sucks or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you know, the typicals that you always hear when people yeah. say, but um, that's pretty dope. Uh, okay, so after you, so how did you wind up meeting w- up with T minus and to get the opportunity to tell him that you're dying to record? And then he actually helped you make that happen. Yeah, he did. This was how did that conversation go? This was in 2007, and I, so... Oh, just, real quick before you start, T-Minus produced for Lil Wayne, Drake, and Nicki Minaj, just to name a few people that he's worked with. Yes. But, yeah. Jay Cold. How did that con- conversation child. go, yeah. So, we're, we're all from a very small place called Durham. And so... Durham is not small. It is tiny. Durham is it's not really, small. It's big in as far as <laughs> how many cities they try to fit in it, but to get from... Through Ajax is like two stops. It's really, <laughs> but anyway, it's not like Scarborough where there's 17 exits. But anyway, so I'm, you know, we're so we're so it was. I remember going out to play basketball, and he was there. He had a friend named I think the guy's name was Adrian at the time, and we used to play basketball. And um, he was there, you know, one time we just got to talking and I'm like, yeah, I like to rap. And I was like 13, 14 at the time. Do people take you seriously? And I was like, I like to rap. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. Like spit yeah. something. So obviously I spit something. He was like, oh, that's pretty good for you. Like, you know, <laughs> pretty dope. Okay. So I remember how this happened. I had him on MSN and I, uh, I hit him up and I said, this is, he had just finished. He just got like his like big radio play with the record he did with uh, Bishop, Bishop Brigante and... Oh. Uh, Nate Dog. Okay. He had a record with uh, them. Uh, well, and you don't remember what it's called, do you? Blow, blow the smoke. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe I might have it. I'm gonna take a look. Yeah, check it. It's it's a record with Bishop Brigante and uh, uh, Nate Dog. Uh, rest in peace. And so he did. It's 420. Yes, it's 420. 
Yes. This is it. This is a high record. This is all over the floor. Yo, man. Bishop had a few tunes, you know. So T-Minus did that. Okay. See, I didn't know that. So after that record dropped, um, he, you know, was like getting popularity in in the city for that record. But there was still no Drake. You know what I mean? So yeah. I hit him up. I said, yo, man, like, how much you charge your beat? And he was like, right now I'm charging like 300, but, right. you know, I was like, ah, oh, man, that's so steep. <laughs> I, just, I regret that. I regret that every single day, Tyler. I regret that every single day, buddy. But yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, you know, so steep. But then I was like, yeah, but like, you know, he's like, so but what are you trying to do? I said, man, I'm just trying to record, like. I, I got this, uh, you know, production for my cousin. I want to get into the stu- studio. Do you have any, like, advice or anything you can help me with? Right. He's like, yeah, you know, call me. He's like, yeah, I have this, this studio. It's in, it's in uh, Pickering. Give uh, this guy a call. This guy's name Logic. Give him a call. So my boy will take care of you. Not a problem. So I was like, okay, cool. So I hit up Logic, and, you know, I was talking to him, and I told him what I wanted to do, and he said, okay, come by the studio. So my mom and I went by the studio, and I, and I cut cut my first, like, original song because i had a lot of like rapping on cassettes of me to industry beats whatever but this was like my first original studio production which was called part of my swag so what was this experience like for you like actually working in a real studio for the first time it was intimidating at first but i was so excited right you know so i was i because at first i'm like oh i gotta get this right the first time and they're like no like keep doing it keep keep going and then you kind of feel intimidated like man i don't want them to think i suck if i have to keep doing more takes so (laughs) it's just so much going through your head but meantime they're just chilling like yeah keep going like you're good and so you know they coached me through it they coached me through the process which was really great and um, it was just it was just a really good experience and i loved it and i told my mom like i really like that experience i want to I wanted to do, do, do it again, and this was August 8th, 2008. Wow, so long so, yeah. ago. It feels like a whole lifetime ago, right. doesn't it, it right? It does, yeah. literally. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I did that, my first song, and I put it up on MySpace, and all my friends downloaded it, and I was in high school, and everyone was listening to it, and it was just, no, yeah, I was just got to high school that year, and everyone right. was listening to it, and it was like popular in the school, and I just felt so good about it. So I'm like, yo, I want to go and professionally record more music. Right, right. Um, so, and that yeah. first song was Part of My Swag, right? Part of, it was called Part of My Swag. Part of My Swag. Okay, yeah. so question for you now, even from then till today, do you have a routine? Like, do you write every day or do you like kind of work off of inspiration or how does it work for you? I used to. I mean, I used to think that as a rapper, I need to be writing all the time. And, but then I'm just like, yo, I'm chill. This is my eighth project coming out. Yeah. And, at this point, it's like, yo, if it comes to me, if the music comes to me, if I feel inspired, I'll write something or whatever. But I don't force myself because people always talk about writer's block. That's how you get writer's block. You're forcing yourself to do something that you just, your mind and your body and your soul is not into doing. Have you experienced writer's block? I, when I was like first starting out, because I was trying to force myself to write. And, right. But when you, you know, I when I practice spirituality and just learning myself more, I realized writer's block just comes from your you're you're just not into it right now and that's okay and a lot of young artists don't realize that that's okay you know what i'm saying i remember one time i met cardi i asked him i said i said um hey man do you do you ever get writer's block he said no (laughs) he said never because i don't force myself to write okay and for me i was like that's so real like i don't force myself to write if i feel like writing right i'll write but if not i sometimes i have i don't write things in three four months okay but that's because I didn't feel like writing. But does that, but Keisha, does it? Do you have like a treasure trove of stuff that you've written at times when you 
felt like writing and you just haven't used it yet, I assume? I mean, sometimes you'll get, like, there's times I'll be driving and I'll think of a really dope bar. Yeah. Or, like, four. Yeah. And then I'll put it in my notes and then I'll leave it. And right. then so later I build off of it. Because okay. that's, that's really where the gems come from. You build off of things that you've already written, ideas right. that you've started. Right. So it's okay to have an idea and right. write it down and revisit it in a couple months or weeks or days. Right. You know? Okay, that's dope, man. And I guess you, would this be considered your milestone moment when you recorded Hollywood Fresh? Would that sort of be like, because that was... Ten. I, I recorded that song 10 years ago. Right, and it received a lot of good reviews. It was playing on the radio. Do you remember that first time you heard it playing on the radio? I remember, so it was... Justin and Wayne. <laughs> sure, at Flow. <laughs> and they called my producer and said, we're playing the song. Because Justin was really championing, and Wayne, they're really championing for that record to be played. Right. But originally, I remember even Justin saying, we need you to master this again. Because of the frequency it was at, it was like, it's... So we even we mastered that song four times. Oh, my. Um, yeah, mastered it four times. That song had about five months of getting prepared for the radio. Wow. The first single wanted it to be right. So when so that stuff song, you don't know. people don't realize, <laughs> and mastering's not cheap, and you got to pay every time you do it, right? Right. So you know, we did that. We came back. You know, Justin and Wayne were like, "This is great. Let's let's run with it." So they called and said, "We're playing it on January twenty fifth, two thousand nine. It was the day or two thousand ten. Sorry, you were floating on a cloud. January twenty fifth. Okay, I said, I said, yo. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> this is my song. You know, even Justin was like, we need. Do you have the sample cleared? And like, yeah, we had the paperwork show. We had the sample cleared and everything. So they were like, let's go. So we, we, uh, we were sitting, waiting, waiting. I told all my friends, everybody was tuned in. Like everyone I knew was tuned in. And, um, I just remember, I think it was just red. And, uh, and, um, no, it was, it was Jenny and Jay Wise and they hyped it up. So we've got a new record from a young artist in the city. Mm -hmm. Keisha Fresh. We're really excited to play this Hollywood Fresh. Right. Uh, featuring Dougie Fresh, boom, played it, and I was sitting at my computer streaming on the, and I, I couldn't believe it. You were just like, I cried. <laughs> oh, really? You like, cried? It was that moment. Uh, so, that's crazy. Yeah, that's I crazy. I my eyes out. It was a great experience. Produced by Gin Global. Um, yes, right. they were part of helping with the record. This is it. I'm playing it off of YouTube right now because <laughs> I don't know because it's been ten years, so it's possible that people might have. You're a sneakerhead, aren't you? Oh, yeah, excellent. <laughs> long intro. Honestly, you both the hook, so <laughs> it was pretty long. <laughs> you can't see her right now, but it's like she's almost blushing here during the podcast. I'm <laughs> so different. I love it. Hey, that like that record. So we recorded that in like June of 2000 and in June of 2009. Okay. And um, I want to say 2000. I want to say October 2008. We recorded that October 2008. And 
I we recorded it. I left the studio. the The guy that produced his name was Gunna. Uh, the video was produced by Jing Global I, somehow, but the guy that produced his name was Gunna, and he gave me he sent the beat through the producer. The producers like uh, the engineer. Sorry, the engineer said, you know, there's a beat. I wrote the record within maybe like five ten minutes. I wrote that record, okay. and he's like, I like. He's like, come in and record it. I recorded it. He's like, I like it. So he played it for a lot of people. Like he right. played it and played it and played it for a lot of people. He, the engineer, um, played it for a lot of people, and um, so this was October 2008. By January 2009, he calls me and says, listen, I've been playing this record for so many people. They really like it. Let's do a remix. Let's, no, he said, let's, let's re-record it, and let's get it solid and actually like push this for a single. Okay. So we're like, okay, cool. So, we, so I went, I recorded, I recorded it. My Sweet 16 was June 2000 2009. And I said, Mom, I want to premiere my song at my C16. <laughs> so we recorded it, and I was able to play it at my party. Right. And so it was great. All year we were kind of – so this was June 2006, 2009, sorry. All year we were kind of prepping the record. And then by, like, October, he was like, okay, this song is, like, really going to do big. We have all these people wanting to be involved. I let's shoot the video. We're gonna get Dougie Fresh on the line to get the clearance. So the dude that directed the video was actually friends of Dougie Fresh. He did stuff with him before. Yeah, and he was in the video. So he called Dougie, and Dougie said, "Look, I like the record. I want her to come shoot it at my house. Dope. Come to New York. Let's do this. Dope. So that's what, how we ended up doing the video. So remember, this process started in October 2008. I was just gonna say this is a long um, growth. Yeah. Or whatever inception or whatever you want my first single right. people don't understand the how long it takes sometimes for right. things this is just an eight that song that video came out in august 2010 right like that's the time span in between us you know doing this whole project and the, this whole album the song sorry so it was a great experience you know we had a lot of fun shooting the video you know like it was march break i got to take my friends and my cousins and right we had such a great time with nice. that with that uh Productions. What was what was it like meeting the legend Dougie Fresh? So we were at his house shooting, and we were shooting, shooting, shooting. Uh, his manager had let us, and because Dougie Fresh owns like three houses on a, on on a, on a block, and one was like a studio, one was like I guess living quarters. I don't know the other, but and then at the end of the street, he had a mansion for his girls. Right. <laughs> at the end of the street, he had a um, a restaurant. Um. So. We were in, like, his manager, you know, some of the shots was outside, so we were shooting. Then he just comes strolling down the street. He just came from the gym. So he's strolling on the street <laughs> with his gym bag. His sons were all there. And, right. you know, everybody was outside. And it was just such a great vibe. We had, like, police presence. They locked off the street for us. You know, it was, like, a full, like, movie production. How did that feel that all of this is happening for you? It was just crazy because at that age, you can't really – I didn't – I took it in like I knew it was happening. I was excited, but like right. at this age, right. it's like yo, I did that at that age. That's crazy. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Police escorts blocking off the street. I had my own Winnebago, like huge. I had a private chef. Nice. And then like Mims pulled up and Live his in large BMW. Keisha. It was just great. All the like they brought sneakers for me. Like I had a whole bunch of wardrobes, makeup, and just everyone fussing over me. You know what I mean? Like right, right, right. It was just so crazy. The the the, the video shoot was twenty six hours. Oh, my. Yeah, it was long. We shot at Dougie Fresh's house for a while. The pink car in that video was Cameron's. So okay. he let us use that for the video. <laughs> wow. Everyone knows this. And literally, Cameron's pink range. The only okay. one that had one. So we had that uh, for the video from Cameron. And then um, 
we ended up shooting at some other locations. There's a scene in there where you see us, like me, dapping a guy and getting a bag of clothes from him. That was on the 66th floor of the Empire State Building. No one has had permission to shoot in there after 9-11. Right. I did. Wow. So I was, I don't know if this is to today, but at that time, I was the only person that had permission to film something in the Empire State Building. Wow. So I was, that was at the FUBU headquarters, because the guy in that video, he was, at the time, the director at FUBU and um, Kuji. So we were up there in his office, and Married to the Mob sponsored the whole video with clothing, which is a really dope clothing company. Um, and so, yeah, like, everything was just so monumental, and, like, in those moments, I'd, I might not have realized, but, like, after, it was, like, you know, I had New York streets shut down. Like, we shot in front of the Apollo studio, you know? Right. We shot scenes in Manhattan Times Square where they shut down a section for us to shoot. Like, it was it was really big. <laughs> surreal. Yeah. I can imagine it yeah. was surreal. So, after that uh, single, you recorded a demo project, a couple of mixtapes, four EPs. At the time, all the wrong places, pearls and bones. Yeah, they're is that right? a, they're they're a group. So, oh, I, that's okay. That's a group, pearls yeah. and bones. Okay, I thought it was um the name of the project. No, so I started with um one Hollywood Fresh came out. There was it was a demo that I released. Right. Um, it was a, an American only demo, so it didn't come out in Canada, just in America. Um, that was in two thousand and nine. Right. Bridging twenty ten and twenty uh. 2010 i released a 22 song mixtape which i recorded in one day it was a 12 hour session oh my goodness um so that was family affair la familia and then in 2011 i did a mixtape this is after i left the independent label i was with and i was on my own really jaded didn't know what i wanted to do so i just did this mixtape for fun it's called ransom uh, featuring a friend of mine, Devonte, who's also a really dope rapper now but back then he went by d bones so okay. again from durham right did that <laughs> And then in 2012, I released uh, an uh, EP called Mona Lisa. And then in 2014, I did another EP called Vanity. Right. In 2015, uh, I didn't release anything. 2016, I released uh, In Samadhi. And then the sorority came along. Then the sorority came. <laughs> in 2017, we did, uh, we did Pledge. Right. And I also released a three-song EP called Should Have Been Done. And I released the uh, the EP with uh, Pros and Bones. You'll get your work in, son. Get your yeah, work in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you this, though, because you you've the majority of your career you've been solo. So now you've got a small section of your career where you're working within the group uh, with the sorority. How, how do you find it different? Because even when you're a solo artist, you're, it's still collaborative. You know what I mean? Like, there's still a lot of people that you're working with, regardless of how you bring it all together. But it's a little different when you're in a group, because then it becomes more of a collaborative thing. How do you... Do you are there pros and cons to both? Or, like, help me? Um, when you're... Because, like, as you mentioned, I've been a solo artist. My, I've been performing for... 21 years so i've just always known what it's been like to be just by myself doing this and then so you just kind of come smack dab boom now you're in a group right after just a year he's like you're in a group that's what you're doing and at first it was kind of like i'm not really used to this like i don't work well with others when it comes to music (laughs) because i'm so strong i have such strong opinions right right i just kind of like i know what i want i don't want to i find it so hard to work with people don't push back right (laughs) So, okay, now we're at the sorority, and it's like, okay, 
I have to listen to the opinion of three other people. Like, and I have to respect it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's it becomes a thing of, you know, you're checking yourself. Yeah. Constantly checking yeah, it's, yourself. It, it really is a battle with your own ego when you start working with other people about something you care about. Right. If it's something you don't care about and you don't care about these other people, you just dash them and just move on and do your thing. But Absolutely. when it's something you care about, you're kind of almost like you have to want to make it work to make this thing that you care about work. And then this cipher happened and you know what i'm talking about no yeah <laughs> backpacks first official all female canadian I love cipher this. and i got my homegirls with me lex leosis phoenix yeah, papiachi and havaya mighty and for those that don't know i, I go by the name of keisha french <laughs> do you remember the lyrics that you said still or yeah i never forget that and little sister on the beat cool uh yeah it's been a plot for years, here's 400 ways to stop me. Martin Luther King, I'm taking shots at everybody. Don't talk about it, do the business if you down the road. Flowers at your service like Lux Daily Calico. With my night snacks, your rook, that's suicide, homie, yo, that's where the king push. Come around, love, you can get your chain took. I won't do it, but my dudes ain't had a million that fools quick. And I'm the calm before the storm. They don't even know this ain't even my final form. <laughs> Let me go. Hey uh, yo, let me grow. Hey yo, let me get this work. I got a few more bars, yo, let me hit this nerve. Ain't no one's trying to keep me in their pocket on some ill shit. She know we want some dudes in the building. Keisha is true, and yeah, she spit ill shit. So I'm asking Uncle Phil why they don't want me on some Will Smith. Let me relax, let me chill, Lord help me. Cause I feel the blast of my glocks and no selfies. I feel to get hype and outrageous, but I won't. So just know that when I wrote this, it was Cap Lock 72 and both on. And let me chill before my words get out of hand. Uh, Michelle, I need y'all to do me this one favor. Yo, put your peace signs up. Rest in peace, Sandra Bland. <laughs> you know, I didn't even take it in that um, before this gets out of hand, Sandra Bland. Like, I didn't even take in the rhyme there yeah. <laughs> because it's a little Stage. delayed yeah. kind of thing. But, oh, man, such I, a good um, cypher. That was really fun. That was really fun. I remember one the day we all got together because, like, we didn't know who was going to be in it. They wanted to surprise us of who's in it. Right. So when we all got to the venue, I didn't know Lex. I knew of Havaya. I never met her, and I've met Phoenix a couple times before that. So okay. it was like, okay, like, okay, cool, you know. All right, let's do this. We're really excited. And then um, they're like, okay, so to decide the order, you're going to draw a name from the hat. So I said, okay, cool. So I drew the name of the order. I drew number two. Uh, Phoenix drew number uh, four. Hawaii drew three. Lex had two. So I said to Lex, um, Lex was, I was like, yo, um, Lex was like, oh, I got to go first. I got to go first. I'm like, oh, I can show you to you. Right. And she was like, uh, Okay, like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like, I don't want to go first. So, yeah, go. Right. But I thought strategically because I figured, like, yo, when people post that and they have our names, like, my name will never get cut off. Right, right. You know what I mean? Oh, like, okay. That's smart thinking. When people listen, if they, they're going to listen to, like, they have to listen to They my have first. to listen it's to you first. first. Yeah, and then they'll decide if they want to continue to listen. To right, yeah. So, oh, there you go. Like, You're yeah. using your noggin. I was just like, yeah, I want to go first. <laughs> like, how you mean? Right. So, um, it was cool. I got to go first. And then, you know, but. Um, Did you guys always decide that you would continue to keep going first? Because I love Undone. And then um, you went first on that again. You actually, you guys actually went the same order in Undone that you went in on yeah, the uh, on the International Women's um, Cipher. So that wasn't intentional. I did. I, so I was first on that Undone and Ladies First. Okay. And I think that was my last time going first on anything. But <laughs> it was just because I, I don't. It wasn't intentional, and I, I I don't know how it happened, but I know that we we talk about it. So it's just kind of who takes the lead on writing. Like for me. With ladies first, I had my verse done first, so I was like, "Yo, like I, I put it down first, and you know, um, 
with um, Undone, it was kind of the same thing because the the cipher, the Undone beat and Cipher beat, but was actually made from my cousin and her name's little sister. Yeah. So I got the beat before everyone else. Oh, okay. Right. So I like this record. It's my favorite video. <laughs> I'm talking back when Melon Flash had a message. BDP was neck and neck with the next click. And if your fit wasn't zit, I dab it then shit. Yo, you were a fresh kid. When life went hard, the mic was ours. And Wu-Tang raised me on that knowledge yourself. Q-tip, bust a bust, woo-ha. Saying you hip, little homie, you not. Rebel with a cause, I was on my Tupac. If it wasn't straight bars, your crew get not. Listen, R.I.P. Big Pun. Twins, truth is without y'all, I ain't nothing. Yeah, and I wish they bring Fife back. I feel trapped. And that's Lex coming in there. What is it about you and Lex? Why do you guys um, vibe so well together? I don't know. We're just like that. Like we <laughs> honestly kind of have the same personality. That's my twin. That's my best friend. Like, we yeah, you guys always say that. That's my twin. Yeah, that's my twin. We still have the best. Per- like we just have the like the just the, our personalities are just the same. And not only that, but like we're really like old school hip hop heads. Like we study right. hip hop. Yeah. Knowledge of hip hop. Like yeah. We we it's something that we actually live every single day. Not to say any like no like no one else does, but it's something that we like you know specifically take pride in and and we really like so when we're when we're together, it's always like yo. Um, you know, we talking about the temple of hip hop. We're talking yeah. about character. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about you know old school artists, new school artists. We, you know, we we just love the the culture of hip hop. Okay, you know, I have to ask. I have to ask this now because <laughs> I'm sure you get asked this all the time. What happened? Why did it, what Phoenix? Why is she not part of the sorority anymore? Um, pretty much just uh, you know, just you know, creative creative differences and uh, I figure. just just people wanting to to grow and. Um, Phoenix is part of a group called Trippy, and so basically, you know, she just wanted to focus on Trippy, sure. Trippy music, and okay. go kind of in that direction, you know, the R and B direction. So, I d- I didn't think much of it other than to think it happens all the time in music. It like, does. and even before we started recording, I've said like, if a tribe called Quest can break up, anybody <laughs> can break up, right? Right. So, but the thing is, like, a lot of people were like, "Oh, sorority broke up," and we're like, we don't look at it as a breakup. You know, we just kind of look at it as someone evolving out of the group you know what i'm saying but the, so, it's not a breakup because the sorority is still going we're still going right yeah, like you said we got some shows coming up you know within the next couple months we have a, we're booked and busy so right it's really like we wish phoenix all the best in yeah. everything that she's doing of course and like, you know we support each other still so nice man um let's talk a bit about your dad real quick because oh, nice. i know i can tell family is a big <laughs> important thing for you like uh it seems like we again people that don't know that haven't been through the podcast don't know i like to play a slideshow so that like, yeah. you kind of have your memories uh jogged a bit but there are so many pictures with you and your family like obviously family super important to you your dad's kind of a big deal <laughs> in case uh, people don't know your dad ron fanfare um he, he writes articles he posts photos he works for share magazine he's had his articles posted in the toronto star the global mail the canadian press and um yeah he's worked in the community probably forever right so my question to you though is obviously you have a tight-knit family but how much has he influenced you in terms of you wanting to work within the community itself as well i mean a lot you know just the just the the, you you, once you have parents who you constantly hear praise about and people always telling you oh man your dad's such a good guy your mom's you know right (laughs) your mom is such a you know community because most of my parents are community stars it's like it's kind of like you have you have to live up to that it's just you know, I know that, you know, when it is my dad's time to go, people, he will, he, he was really, really a respected person in the community yeah. just by who he was. And, right. You know, he instills that in me and my brothers as well. So 
it's 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 it it is important and he shows us you know my dad has always taught us to give back without expecting you know right and that's what he it's does at lesson. the share he's been with the share for for years and you know always at all the community events you know sometimes he's there more than he was with us you know oh, I was, I, my question was gonna be didn't he not bring you guys to a lot of those events S- sometimes like yeah like we would tag along he'd ask us if we want to go we would go with him you know obviously we're all older now so we kind of have our own stuff to kind of do in life and be places to be but well, I used to go with my dad all the time, you know, right. to different places and meet people. Like, just do my dad, you know. Be, like, every time Mishi sees me, she's always like, oh, that's Ron Fanfare. Like, she knows my dad. Like, <laughs> they all know my dad before they yeah, When are you going to be Keisha before you're I just know. Ron Fanfare's exactly. daughter? Like. like, they all knew my dad before they knew me, and um, which, was, which was great. You know, a lot of people in the community have been you know connected to me through my dad and through the connections with my dad and so right. you know it's just it's just it's just always really 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 great my dad has met some and interviewed and photographed some like i call like it, my dad has hard copy pictures of you know puff daddy right uh muhammad ali right denzel wow. washington wow and, you know uh drake when drake was just like on degrassi yeah. my dad has like a picture that he took of him you know just so much pictures that he has very historical and mm-hmm. um you know i just what a I'll great never, role model to to look up is. to he is i'll never forget one day i was with my dad I was like oh you know we're you know we're driving i said where are we going now and he says gotta go to my friend's house and i said okay so we get to the house knock on the door open the door and i'm walking to reuben hurricane carter's house and i'm like dude like, crazy and to my dad she's like oh this is my friend you know he, he yeah. doesn't ever make a big deal of anything right, right. so you know, we get there, and I'm sitting in Reuben Hurricane Carter's house, and I'm looking, and there's, like, pictures of him and Denzel, and just, like, and he's like, oh, you want some water? And I'm like, dude, you know who you are? Like, let me get you some water. Like, what? Like, you know, it's, 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 uh, that's just my dad, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome, man. So, again, uh, we're going to wrap this up real quick, because uh, you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. But we want to remind everybody, and we're still going to play it. I want to play Hero. But um, tell me about the... Um, field trip in terms of what people can expect for the project and uh, i don't know like is it a super long like is it a 25 song okay. deal <laughs> or like what did, what can we expect from field trip so field trip as i mentioned is my eighth solo project correct yeah and correct at this point it's like man i just wanted to give people a project that after working with the shorty you know it's just been sorority stuff and it's right. like I want to give people a project that speaks on who Keisha is. Yeah. Um, just kind of a comeback, you know, just a reminder of who Keisha is. So this project kind of just embodies all different styles and flavors of, of who I am. And it's it's a fun. It's a trip. It's literally like I remember when I sat thinking about the album, I just kept it just kept reminding me like this is a trip. This album is like a trip, a journey. Right. And so I thought field trip was an appropriate title. So it's like a field trip through your mind. It's a field trip through my mind. It's a field trip through my journey, through my life. And. I, I, I have Devontae's featured on the album, Havaya, and one of my favorite singers, but you'll hear that when you hear the album, you know. So, again, <laughs> okay, it's just really dope, and it's great to have everybody, you know, my, some of my favorite artists be a part of the project. I'm not big on, like, a lot of features, so right. three, it's, uh, it, this, it's seven records. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, it comes out on my birthday, June June 28th. Nice. Okay, let's listen to Hero for I a little bit. with the beast. I catch the sun. And you're welcome to comment on it wherever you want to, whenever you want to. With the beast, I catch the sun. First thing. 
things first. Rest in peace, Nip. You know I had to say it. My died a martyr, so being complacent. The grip around my wrist is starting to feel like a bracelet. I can't take this shit off. Bloody flow when I rip off. The game is still at tip off. I'm trying to get that edge, though. The questions they be asking got them selling like the fans, though. Oh, Lord, the kid hungry. I got bread, though. And my cup running over, so it's off with they motherfucking hands, though. Keisha never fell off. She took a vacation. I'm back from exile, so thank you for your patience. I'll take it from here. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yeah. I'm they deepest fear. Now it's you. It's been mighty long years, but I'm back to claim my spot. You thought I was gonna retire? Yeah, you thought. Yeah, you thought. Uh-huh. A visionary, I have dreams with my eyes wide. I prayed for my current situation. Long days, it was days when I thought I wouldn't make it. A slave to the same shit that took Robin Williams. That's the beast. I catch the sun. I'm pounding the concrete and chew on nails for fun. <laughs> I'm a beast, yeah, I know that. And my jersey retired, now that's a throwback I got a full house, I can fold that Got a handful of L's, you try and hold that Thought so, mind your business, don't beak about me Cause I'm the type to cock and squeeze about it You the type to block and tweet about it Truly I thought you'd really be about it When everybody gets so soft, please tell me They all living on their knees, help me They character real talent By the rumors they be spreading Everything on our lot, that's where the seven Live by the code and don't switch up. I seen a lot of solids going ahead and up. That's no diss, love. How your loyalty hit and miss, love? Dope. <laughs> I love it. You're spitting. Yeah. Spitting. That's one of the rappy, rappy records on the album, though. Like that, I wanted that to be the single because, you know, a lot of days people are like, oh, it has to be more of a song and a structure. I was like, no, I want that to be the first song that comes out. The only song that I released on that project before it releases because the song itself is so raw. Like, I right. really was... We went through all the records. That was the last record I recorded on the Oh, album. really? We went through all the records, and I said, yo... We had six at the time. I said to my engineer, because he's also a really dope producer, I said, Kaz, I want a record I could rap. Just rap. Blank spit. out and just rap. Spit. No singing on a hook, no nothing. Just rap. Yeah. And so he said, okay, let me work on something. So he made the beat, and he sent me the beat, and he said, what do you think about this? And I said, yo, that's the beat. So I wrote, wrote, wrote. The next day I went in, and I put that was literally, like, that almost wasn't ever recorded. If I didn't, you know, realize, like, crap, I was going through the records, and I'm like, I don't I don't have, I want a record I'm just going off on. Right. So when he sent that beat, I was like, wait, 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 one more. Right. I went in and recorded <laughs> that, and that ended up being the first song we released. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Because it feels like a street single. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The promo for it, my cousin shot, the artwork my brother did. So, I, like you mentioned, I'm really big on family, so I try to keep them involved where right. I can. That's dope. That's dope. Okay, so once again, June 28th, Field Trip is coming out. Hero is already out right now. And if you want to find out more about Keisha, KeishaOnline.com. KeishaOnline.com. Or you can also follow her on Instagram at FreeKeisha, at FreeKeisha. And she's also on SoundCloud.com slash Keisha Fresh. Yes. And that's with two H's, y'all. Two H's. Two H's on the fresh. Keisha, thank you so much for coming oh, out. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah. Like, uh, you again, made history. You're my first female <laughs> guest, man. I'm looking at you, Mel Boogie, but oh, thank you so much for coming out. You guys are looking, you're looking forward to hitting the road just now. I'm excited. Heading out to Saskatoon and stuff. And um, then after that was at British Columbia and then Nova Scotia. Yes. They couldn't figure that out to make it just go Nova Scotia, Saskatoon, British hey, Columbia. We can't have them read route their festivals, <laughs> but okay. we're excited. We also, we're doing Snoop. We're doing the show with Snoop in 20, and um, on the 
in uh, the 20, I'm 29. So. Okay, that's dope. Okay, so let's wrap it up again, Keisha. Thank you so much for coming out. I always like to end off my shows with words of wisdom. And um, I think these words of wisdom will be good. This is coming from Kendrick Lamar. So these are words of wisdom from Kendrick Lamar. And he's just talking about the simple reason why he believes we're here on Earth. And I agree with him. So you guys listen. Thank you so much for listening to the Ready Fox show. And please uh, spread it, pass it along, and look out for Keisha's new music as well as new music probably coming from the sorority, I imagine, very shortly. Havaya's okay. got a new uh, project that just dropped yes, recently, sure too. Yeah, go cocktail. But that album is called 13 Floor. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Blame is... Incredible. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Keisha, thanks for coming out. Let's end it off with words of wisdom from Kendrick Lamar. The reason why every we on Earth today... You, me, him, her, all these different uh, walks of life. It's all a test. It's like it's almost like an experiment, God's experiment. Why don't we go understand that we are put on earth to love? That's all it's about. Everybody want to figure out how complicated life is and, and break it down. This is what I truly think. I, I really think that it's going to keep going on. War gonna keep going on, frustration gonna keep going on, anger gonna keep going on, till we finally go back down to the simplest word, love. And when God sees that, then we have the answer. But until then, it's gonna be warfare.